This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, I'm Candace Lim. And I'm Rachel Hampton, and you're listening to ICYMI. In case you missed it. Slate's podcast about internet culture. And Candace, it's basically Thanksgiving. It's basically giving thanks. <laughs> and you know... If I was at home, as in my family home, I would probably be preparing to make some turkey or defrosting my turkey because apparently you need to do that. But I'm not. I'm staying in New York for Thanksgiving this year, so I'm not doing shit. And that's okay. I mean, are you still going to cook a turkey? Um, I think I'll probably roast a chicken. Ooh. For the poultry element, you know? Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. Are you cooking said chicken right now as we tape? Um, yeah, so we have to make sure we wrap up this taping within like an hour and 40 minutes. Just got to got to got to got to I got to get out. I got places to be. You can't serve dry poultry. Right, 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 right. Okay, okay. And like just in the unlikely event this taping ends before your chicken is cooked, mm-hmm. um, what are you going to do with like the rest of your time? Just wondering. I will be doing what I normally do in my free time. Catching up on reality television. (laughs) Beautiful. I really associate Real Housewives of the Potomac with fall, with Thanksgiving. Mm. It just, it's something about the D.C. area gives autumnal to me. And I, I don't know why. I've been there during other times of the year. In fact, I don't ever think I've actually been in D.C. in fall. But it gives fall. Mm. I get that. I get that. Thank you. But... You know, it's a special occasion, Candace, because this is your very first Thanksgiving here at ICYMI, here at the the table. I know. I'm very excited, very thankful, very grateful. And we haven't talked about this. What's your take on Thanksgiving? What what was your vibe? What did you did you like it? Were you like eh? Yeah, so I love Thanksgiving. I think it's my favorite holiday, whereas my favorite season is Christmas season. But Thanksgiving Mm. is my thing. Our family does the full dinner, turkey, mashed potato, sides. And I'm really excited for it. And I would say I am definitely a stuffing person. I really like stuffing for some reason. So I'm excited to get into that. What Mm. about you? Mm -hmm. So there's a divide in America. Um, sure. Between the people who refer to it as stuffing and people who refer to it as dressing. And I am oh. the dressing population. That's mostly an African-American thing. Um, sure. So I also love dressing. My favorite mm. thing. I yeah. do not make it myself. So I will have to wait until Christmas to go home for it. But I agree with you. There's just something about a dish that's basically just um, bread that is crumbled up. And then formed into a casserole for you to eat as a side dish. It's like, what if you had bread, but like also soaked in broth? You know, it's really, it's great. Mm -hmm. That sounds really good. Mm. And I do have an additional question for you, which is, you know, I feel like there's a stereotype around like big holidays that, you know, you're just so busy with family and friends Mm -hmm. constantly coming in and out of the house. You're so busy. But for me... We have so much downtime because like Mm -hmm. outside of our big Thursday dinner, we don't really do much. And so I'm usually in bed watching something for like 14 hours straight. And so on top of Potomac, do you have anything else you're going to watch this year? Maybe some recommendations for those of us who are also in bed for 14 hours straight? Mm -hmm. I do. I do have some recommendations. So the thing is, I think of Thanksgiving as the beginning of Christmas, basically. Sure. Christmas yeah. actually yeah. begins on Thanksgiving. So I start to watch my Christmas era movies, my Christmas mm. season movies. So die hard. I'm mm. not 
I'm not getting into the internet debate of Die Hard is a Christmas movie, whatever. That's overplayed. Whatever. Watch whatever you want. Right. It's like whatever you eat in the morning is breakfast. It doesn't matter if it's spaghetti. Right. Whatever you watch right. around Christmas is a Christmas movie. Die Hard, a great movie any time of the year. But specifically, I love it around Christmas. Specifically, Die Hard 2. The airplane mm. one. So good. Bruce Willis. Ugh. <sighs> A legendary king. So I would recommend Die Hard. I would also recommend if you're in the action uh, genre, I usually watch John Wick 1 and 2 around (gasps) Thanksgiving. I don't know why. I don't know why, but it just something about John Wick 2 specifically with Common is giving thanks. You know? Mm. I love this. And the Die Hard, I'm going to back you up on because we are both also watching Moonlighting this year. And so there's kind of this tie of like, I like to see the before. Let's see some after. Mm -hmm. I get it. For me, I'll say this on the TV side. The Crown Part 1 just came out of their latest season and it's four episodes, which Mm. is actually really good for me because they usually drop all of them at once, which can get really overbearing by like episode five or six. But I've watched Part 1. I really like it. Warning, Princess Diana does die. But as a Tumblr historian, I felt like it overall was good and interesting. There were one or two scenes where I was like, Dodie did not make that phone call. Or like, Charles did not say that. And so Peter Morgan, get ready for Spitgate Part 2. But overall, I was into it. So dig into the crown if you are like turkey hungover. And then on the movie side, I... (laughs) I personally think that this film I'm about to mention is like a perfect Thanksgiving movie where it's like not about Thanksgiving. It's just the aura is right. And the movie is Magic Mike XXL. Mm. Okay. I The thing is, I haven't heard you express this opinion. This is the mm-hmm. first time I'm hearing of this. I don't even mm-hmm. know why you hold this opinion, but I agree. <laughs> I, I agree with you instinctively. But please explain to people who don't because I get it. You don't have to say Absolutely. anything else, but I get it. <laughs> Absolutely. So I recently got this hankering to watch Magic Mike XXL, which, by the way, best film on the franchise. Mm -hmm. Also, it's a very wholesome, heartwarming study of like healthy, supportive male friendships. Mm -hmm. Gorgeous. Beautiful. Here's the thing, though. When I sat down to watch it, there was only one streamer that had it. And it was Vix. So, guys, I watched Magic Mike XXL in Spanish. (laughs) What is Vix? I had to ask that question as well. So Vix is mainly a Spanish language streamer, but it was just shocking to me that HBO Max, aka Max, which is owned by Warner Brothers, who made Magic Mike, didn't even have it on there, which just feels so wrong. It really does. That, what are we, nothing makes sense in regards to HBO Max or Max as it's currently known. Like the government needs to get together and actually do something for all of us. Like send DVDs of Magic Mike XSL to every house in the nation. Mm -hmm. Joe Biden, if you want me to vote for you again, you better stop burning some goddamn Mm Blu-rays. Now, fun fact that I feel like we don't talk about because I don't know why would we? Why would we? We're both Duolingo girlies and we're yeah, both specifically yeah. learning Spanish. Yeah. 70s day club, <laughs> rise up. Did the Duolingo owl, who I hate, come to you in your time of need? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, when Jada Pinkett Smith said chocolate blanco, I was like, oh, I know what you're talking about. Great. Nice. Right. <laughs> anyway, picture me. Here I am on a Sunday watching Magic Mike XXL in Spanish on Vix Vapor Rub Max Plus. And. <laughs> You know what? It hit. It absolutely Mm. hit because the songs are still the original tracks. Mm. So the scene of Magic Michael in his workshop dancing to Pony. Oh, Oh. she's still there. Um, Big Dick Richie in the gas station dancing to I Want It That Way. Still there. I can and have probably watched both of those scenes at least 60 times in my life. Mm -hmm. And I will watch them another 60 times before my roast chicken is done roasting. So thank you for bringing this back into my life. Mm -hmm. I'm also thankful for a lot of things. But today I'm thankful for our Friendsgiving episode, which happens every single year. We throw a little audio dinner club where we invite some friends to tell us what they're thankful for this year online. We're mainly here to talk about the funny and dumb stuff we saw in our timelines that did make us want to die. But it's just really nice to, you know, reflect 
on the good things the internet hath brought us this year. Mm-hmm, that's right. And I'm excited. This is my first one. Woo! And we are also inviting two of our pals to the table this year. So bringing the mashed potatoes is Ronald Young Jr. He's the host of Leaving the Theater and Wait for It, which was a great podcast that came out this year. Highly recommend. And baking the pumpkin pie is someone listeners know, someone listeners love. It's our supervising producer, Daisy Rosario. We will be back with Ronald and Daisy after a short break. Hi, listeners. Hope you're enjoying today's show. If this is your first time listening, then welcome. We are thrilled to have you here. In case you missed it, our show comes out twice a week on Wednesdays and Saturdays. So make sure you never miss an episode like this past Saturdays on the most iconic, surprising, and must-read celebrity memoirs of the year with Chelsea Devantes. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. In 2007... TV network CBS dropped 40 kids in the middle of the New Mexico desert as part of a brand new reality show. These kids would have to build their own society from scratch. And if this sounds like Lord of the Flies to you, well, it was meant to. We were on this mission together. We were going to prove to the world that we could make a better society than adults could. I'm Josh Gwynn, and I want to know what this wild TV experiment was really about. Split Screen, Kid Nation, a six-part podcast from CBC. Available now. And we're back with Ronald Young Jr. and Daisy Rosario. They're here to tell us all the things on the internet that happened this year that they're thankful for. Ronald, Daisy, hello. Hello. Oh, hi, guys. Thanks for letting me out from behind the uh, computer. Appreciate oh, it. Oh, anytime. We love when you're in front of the mic rather than telling <laughs> me that I've mispronounced something, as you so benevolently do. <laughs> <laughs> Always have your back. You're protecting us, and we love that. <laughs> Thanks, guys. So, Ronald, you are new to the show, so we're going to ask you a question that we ask everyone who's new to ICYMI, which is, what is your earliest internet memory? Ooh. <laughs> uh, we get that reaction a lot. Yeah. Wow. Well, look I mean, on his face. I'm an elder millennial. Um, well, and I say that with with very ironic air quotes. So, like the internet for me was the earliest versions of it was you know AOL discs mm-hmm. and and using AIM or whatever. So I guess the earliest memories would be Highway 81 or Highway 51. Oh. I have no idea what this is. Tell me everything. There was a search engine called Highway Something. It was like, it was before Ask Jeeves, uh, before even Ask Jeeves became asked and so on. But it was Highway Something and like probably a listener is yelling at it, yelling it at us right now. And it was a search engine. And that's where you started on the internet, as far as I knew. And then I remember getting on the internet. uh, It was at my dad's work and looking for like Looney Tunes or something like that. And then uh, <laughs> another adult coming around and saying, cause we had opened this website and it was like Looney Tunes and there were credit card symbols on there. And he says, if you see any website with a credit card symbol on it, you need to back out immediately. And oh. <laughs> being very much a, a parent at that point, not knowing what the future had in store for us for the internet. He had no idea. So that was my earliest member, I would say. Wow. That's brilliant. I wish I took that advice. I shouldn't put my credit card online. I spend so much money that way. <laughs> wow. That was a great answer. Okay. So today's episode is a Friendsgiving episode. We're going to kind of take a look back at our individual internet timeline feeds of the year. Let's start off strong. Daisy, what is the first meme of 2023 that you remember? Well, my first one that I really thought of was Ariana DeBose. Ariana DeBose doing the BAFTA song. All the ladies in the room, supporting and leading, all here I presume. Hong Chao, Dolly D, Carrie and Carrie with the C. Day Mama, I'm so fine. 
Mm, in part because I had such a hard time like remembering when did like the year begin. Right. And so I really started thinking about like, okay, what happens early in the year? Like nominations, like the first Mm -hmm. couple of award shows. And I was immediately (laughs) reminded of Ariana DuBose doing the song. I mean, I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. Like, why not? But on top of it, like not only was it the entire song, but you know, Angela Bassett did the thing. She did the thing. She did the thing. Daisy, this was also my choice. Yes. <laughs> we did not talk about this in advance, to be clear. We did not. We did not. I was sitting here racking my brain, going back through my Twitter feed, going back through our episode catalog, and I was like, what even happened in January? I still don't know, but <laughs> Angela Bassett did the thing in February 2023. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Okay, Ronald, what's yours? You know, it's funny because I feel like they've all been usurped by uh, a picture of a chair that has been (laughs) that was circulating from the Montgomery Riverfront brawl. And I feel like before that chair, I don't know if I remember anything, but you said Angela Bassett did the thing. And my first thought was like, that was this year. Right. That was this year. year. (laughs) Like, that's wild. Uh, But yeah, the one that I could I feel like that congeals in my mind. And I don't think this is the first, but certainly the one that's like most prevalent in my mind is pictures of a folding chair from the uh, Montgomery Riverboat Brawl. (laughs) There was a little riverboat ride that was happening. And as the riverboat was going to dock, it was like one of those dinner party cruise type things. And as the riverboat was going to dock, a black security guard walked up to some white folks who also had a boat on the dock. And they said, hey, kind people, you need to move your boat. And these people did not take kindly to this guy. And there was some nope. yelling back and forth. And yep. at some point, the security guard took off his hat and threw it in the air after one of them hit him and a fight broke out. And so many different things happened. A man jumped off the boat to help the security mm-hmm. guard because he was getting jumped. And then eventually the boat docked and all of the black people in Alabama <laughs> came for this group of white people Skipping. who were beating up this poor, poor. Literally yes, skipping. yes, the skip, the skip that came to beat up this poor uh, security guard who was just doing his job. And the memes that have come out of this, there was a, a man who <sighs> hit a woman with a, a folding, folding chair, chair, which, mm-hmm. yep. you know, it was one of those things that you see and you're like, that absolutely should not be happening. I do not condone this, but I understand in the moment, <laughs> in the, in the moment <laughs> of things that were mm-hmm. happening. I watched yep. these videos over and over again. There's no definitive, you know, beginning to end, but there's just angles that just kept coming out. It was just a celebration of of culture, and it felt a lot like reparations for some people. The Montgomery Riverboat Brawl, the folding chair, clearly became the symbol of it. The folding mm-hmm. chair and the hat that the security yes, guard threw yes. in the air. But. The hat seen around the world, he threw that hat up, and it was a beacon. It's like Black <laughs> Batman appearing in the sky, and we all were like... <laughs> Yes, we will fight for you, sir. Good, sir. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's Candace's memory? I would say that mine is Megan, the robot <gasps> demon doll. Because oh my god, yes, Megan the movie, which was a great movie. I'm really glad that that really brought horror back this year. Came out January 6th, which is a cursed oh my date, god, but an <gasps> early date, right? Like that was before Ariana DeBose, and. I think Megan is just a style icon. She is publicist coded. Her in that scene dancing down a hallway about to fight people was amazing because other people tried to recreate it. And yes. I loved when um Jason Bloomhouse, who was one of the producers on the film, he like dressed up as Megan. And that was really <laughs> something. That was marketing, truly. Um, I have a question for you, Candace. Do you actually mean this movie brought horror back? Are you saying that? With all seriousness. (laughs) (laughs) I think this movie, let's say, began a very good historic year in horror filmmaking. Okay. Okay. Mm, Okay. Our next question for, you know, revisiting what happened this year, if we can all remember what happened this year. I feel like every single year we remember less and less what happened the year before. And I don't know if that's just us getting older or if that's just time collapsing. So with that in mind, what's a trend that popped up in 2023 at some point that you're grateful to have and you hope continues perhaps forever? I feel like most internet trends, I'm like, let's stop this. Let's kill quiet (laughs) luxury with a knife. 
So mine is just low-level Republicans not knowing how to act outside. And this is George Santos Mm -hmm. starting the year claiming he was in Hannah, Montana. That is not true. All the way to him being paparazzi outside in the most um, C-wordiest way possible. And I have to admit, (laughs) I loved it. All the way to just him recently holding a baby that he would neither Mm -hmm. confirm nor deny was his. It was wild to watch him do that. So that's one part of it. The second part of it, Lauren Boebert, Beetlejuice. Uh, Oh, yeah. I Let me say this once again. Not, I'm not a politics reporter. I'm not really that interested or excited for election 2024. But Lauren Boebert, who is a Republican congresswoman from Colorado, was basically kicked out of a local theatrical production of Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. And at first, <laughs> the theater was like, she was vaping. And that was the issue. We later see the footage. And the footage depicts that she was uh, doing some teenage horny actions in the theater. It was wild decorum for someone who speaks so heavily about things that are so much worse. And I loved it. I loved it. I'm sorry. It made me laugh. And so I'm just curious (laughs) what this could bring for like an election year, you know? You're correct. Because the thing about the Republicans is they're very rarely funny. Right. And this year, they really decided to be funny. George Santos, I'm sorry. Is it illegal to serve now? Because I feel like we're all coming after him when all he's done is give us what we needed. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> My man misappropriate campaign there funds you go. For, for Botox, Botox only for fans. OnlyFans. Yeah. I'm sorry, but that's iconic. I I simply have to stand. (laughs) It's funny. I feel like I have to ask you the same question that you asked Candace, where I'm like, wait, are are you seriously seriously saying that? So this is actually a wellness check episode. All of us have been reported by our loved ones. This is actually a wellness check episode. This is actually an intervention. Um, Am I serious? That's a great question. I... Unfortunately, I think I am. Like, do I think he should still be an elected official? Probably not. Do I think that his tenure as an elected official was kind of iconic from beginning to end? Yeah, but not necessarily in a way that's good for democracy. Right, 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 right. But you don't have to be good to be iconic. Like, the devil was an an icon. Look at him. (laughs) Lucifer, serving. I don't know how I got here, but let's let's turn this back to you, Ronald. What trend from 2023 do you hope persist into the future? Funny, I think I could go two different two directions on this one. It okay. seems like one of the trends that we saw this year was divorce. Like oh, divorce seems yes. to be a oh, real yes. big deal. Oh, like dang. I just pulled up yep. a list like Jody Turner Smith, Joshua Jackson. <gasps> Tamar Braxton, Jeremy J.R. Robinson, Mia Thornton, Gordon Thornton, which that's for the uh, Real Housewives fans up there. There's like just a list of folks. I don't like breakups. So I'm like, I I always feel bad when people get divorced. Like, and I know people like, you know, need to find themselves and figure it out. But I always feel like, man, man, just (laughs) stick it out or figure it out. Like go to counseling. Like, you know what I mean? I always, always hope for the best with those. That's one trend I I would love to see end in 2024. I'd like to see a, a rash of marriages that happened for 30 years and people are happy and working it out and being healthy. <laughs> uh, but I I also think the, and this is like not necessarily a trend, but it feels like if you market, not just in the year, but in like maybe the last decade or so, I'd say problematic moguls. And in this mm, case, oh. I'm really speaking about the latest one in P. Diddy. P. Diddy, I was, I was shocked at the speed of this news cycle where it went from there's a lawsuit for what's going on with P. Diddy with assault and everything going on. And then all of a sudden, a day later, the lawsuit is settled, mm-hmm. which everyone was like, oh, yeah, you did it. So you, no, you, you he did that shit. Whatever, yeah, exactly. Whatever, <laughs> whatever it was. Truly, whatever he was accused of, that man yeah. did that shit. You do not yeah. settle that fast. Not that fast. Yeah. yeah. That means the news hit and immediately the lawyers were called yeah. and they were in a meeting because a day later, it's like, mm-hmm. no, we're, 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 everything's got nothing to see here, folks. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to see problematic moguls be done in 2024 or just keep the trend going. Keep exposing them so at least they can go off to the sunset and like mm-hmm. leave us alone and stop influencing everything. 
My thing is like not really, it's not that it's a new trend. It's just more something that I felt like I saw fighting for its life this year. Like, as we know, Twitter is like in hospice or X or whatever you want to call it. That's, Mm -hmm. it's not quite dead, but it's in hospice. It's just there and we're watching it die its slow death. But one of the things that the internet has always been really fun with that it felt like had been missing a little bit that I felt like came back this year and I want to make sure we never stop doing this is not the main character, but like when there's just a deeply specific small thing that everyone grabs onto and it's not a Mm. person, right? So like whether it's like succession and like the ludicrously capacious bag Mm. or Mm. even with the riverfront brawl, like when Mm. he threw the hat and it was like people were immediately like he sent out the Bobby Shmurda call, which like (laughs) <laughs> is, is a reference in and of itself. Deep, it's like it's like it's a beautiful. deep, deep cut reference to people remembering a random Bobby Schmurda video, which is hilarious to me. But just like people grabbing that little tiny thing and running with that, like that is one of my favorite things in general that happens online. I think it's a lot less <laughs> toxic than when we when we have like a main character of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like with all of the like pivot to you know, TikTok shopping and like all of that stuff. Like I felt and and like Twitter being what it is, I felt like those little moments were like fighting for their life this year, but there were a couple of great ones. And when they hit, they really hit. That's a beautiful answer. And I think I kind of have the same answer once again, which is this one thing on TikTok that everyone seized onto that we have spoken about on this show, but I'm going to say it again. The Susie Pesto trend. Call me crazy if you want, but I've never liked store-bought pesto. I don't know why. I think it's because it never has enough garlic or flavor. It's fine because I think it tastes better homemade anyways. And it's very easy. For dinner tonight, I'm literally just having pesto and noodles because girl dinner. I love her. Every single time I see Susie's face, I am ready, clocked in. People are finding long-lost siblings. People are finding people who don't want to be found. People are divulging trauma that I would probably take to the grave. But I'm so glad they chose not to. Thank you, Susie and your pesto. I'm going to make that pesto recipe just as thanks for Susie doing this <laughs> for us. Okay, Susie pesto. That's good. Maybe next year he'll come in the form of Samantha Salsa. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Oh um, <laughs> next question I have, guys, is Daisy and Ronald. What is an end of the year trend that you are looking forward to? So, for example, Rachel really loves seeing other people's Spotify wrapped playlists. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what I was going to (laughs) say. You know, I always really liked it. And then last year, it felt like mine was so wrong that I was like, I don't trust this anymore. And I I switched to Apple Music and I'm not joking. (gasps) Wow. Well, they have a year end thing, too. They do. And I don't know what it is. I guess I'll be finding out this year. But I do like I do enjoy looking at people's Spotify if I wrapped when it comes out. I'll throw in one, which is that I love when people on YouTube do like best of the year song compilations. So it's either Ooh, like yeah. DJ Earworm doing his weird mix where everything's all of a sudden in G major, which is fine. And then um, <laughs> there's this YouTube duo called Us the Duo that I really love. They're a married oh couple God. and they're like gorgeous, adorable. They always do like a really cute on piano compilation. And they also have a kid and so watching her also like be in the videos as a baby mm-hmm. and then a child it's like super cute and so I guess a lot of our trends are like song related but do you ever like see a song on your rap that you're like I hate that song now delete, delete well that's delete. why I was annoyed by mine yeah. because last year my number were like when I d- had, last had a rap my number two was the song that literally would keep coming up after my number one that I didn't want to play. Yeah. And yeah. so I was like, mm-hmm. all this really tells me is that this year I did a lot of listening by Bluetooth and you wouldn't respond when I kept trying to pause or skip that song. <laughs> so I was like, That's how funny. dare you misrepresent my interests? <laughs> now I'm annoyed by it. I can't believe Spotify abandoned you in your time of need, Daisy. It's honestly so rude. Before we keep going in this vein, we need to take a quick break. When we come back, we've got my... My favorite question of the year, the horniest thing you've seen online, stick around. Slate Plus members, it is survey time again, which means it's your chance to tell us what you think about Slate Plus and Slate. 
It'll only take a few minutes and you can find it at slate.com forward slash survey. Again, that is slate.com forward slash survey. And we're back and talking about the things we loved online this year. We're being so positive. So I guess the next question is, we talked about trends. We talked about things that should probably not exist, but What is your favorite singular thing that happened to you on the internet this year? It can be something that no one else knows about. It can be a personal victory. Mine is that I discovered Erewhon, the concept (laughs) of it. Yeah, you did. (laughs) Thanks to the internet and this $1,000 Sunday that went viral because it had like nut butter brownies or whatever the fuck. I had no idea what was going on. People were saying spirulina. They were saying adaptogen. They were saying a lot of things about mushrooms. And it's just such a fascinating culture. Erewhon is good. Mine has a few layers. So just kind of hang tight, guys. Okay. Okay. So the first one is, do you guys remember when Selena Gomez wore the blanket and looked outside? And she kind (laughs) of had this vibe. Yes. (laughs) Um, Love the specificity. Yeah. Yeah, so that's my first one. Selena Gomez looking outside, freshly Botoxed up. Um, some of my mm-hmm. favorite tweets from that include one from Gabe Bergato who wrote, my mom just sent me this old picture of my abuela from when she was still living in Mexico. This was taken during A Year Without Rain, <laughs> which is perfect because A Year Without Rain, <laughs> iconic song of Selena's first layer. Next layer. Wow. So my favorite person this year is Skylar Gisondo, a name you may not know, but a face you will. A slate um, favorite, yeah. (laughs) He's a slate favorite. He then posted a photo of him in like an arid climate holding a dog, Mm -hmm. but his face was kind of somber in this way of like, I'm dealing with economic pain, but I can't talk about it. (laughs) And for a lot of people, it was giving Dust Bowl Woman. It was. (laughs) And then... Someone did Adobe's work, which is they combined the photos of oh. Selena and Skylar <laughs> into one sepia tone photo. That's and perfect. they captioned it. My mom just sent me this photo of my grandparents, which I found <laughs> very, very sweet. And That's so good. That's my favorite moment. Oh, my God. I love that. My favorite moment was like because it it basically like ripped a bandaid off that I didn't know was healing. And then I went deep. So the Scandaval. Yes. 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 Oh, I did the same thing. Right. Because like, I was not a Vanderpump rules person, but like two of my really dear friends are, I mean, I have a lot of friends that are into it, but like, I have two friends who like, I can tell when they're about to go into like a Bravo conversation and they would just kind of know like, all right, let's pivot away from Daisy. Like, and so all of a sudden, like I'm going down the rabbit hole. I'm like seeing information everywhere. Obviously, like we did an episode on it. Our guest for that episode is one of these two friends I'm referencing. Like I learned so much about it. I think I probably learned more about how to actually use Reddit because of it, because I was like going to the subreddits. I listened to so many podcasts. I listened to just these, the people from the event, like being on different podcasts. I listened to people recapping the episodes of Vanderpump Rules as they aired at that point. So I love that. And I mean, as Rachel and Candace do know, um, admittedly, like I'm, I'm talking to you having just been to Sir for the first time less than a week ago. <laughs> Daisy, I, w- I really want to talk about this. Just tell us what was like. What did you eat? Who did you see? Okay. Here are the most important points quickly. One, the food was way better than I was expecting it to be. Frankly, I was kind of expecting it to be mid. That's a little bit of what you'll see online. Food was really good. But my favorite part was that there was a bartender who absolutely was hired because like, because he's like kind of Jack's like, like he's not (gasps) Jack's obviously, but he was very clear. He's like the type. Sure. And there was a server who every time she walked by me, every time she stomped by, she looked like she was on the verge of tears, which felt so appropriate. Oh, Yeah, I just, I, I love the rabbit hole it took me down. I love the like random friends I got in touch with because of it. And then mm-hmm. I went and actually went to Sir last week. So that was a very, very, very 2023 thing for me. I think for me, I think, uh, and this was earlier, is when they dropped the Barbie trailer 
and everyone <laughs> had the Barbie <laughs> meme yeah, like things. Like they were just yeah. making this Barbie is this, this Barbie yeah. is this that. This Barbie They're, is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The different versions of that I saw I thought were incredibly clever. Um, you know, some people were was about themselves, some people were mm-hmm. putting like their cars, their pets, their parents, like all kinds of other things into that meme. And I really enjoyed that. And then when the movie came out and it was good and seeing everyone's reaction to it, I think it was like in terms of the way Barbie used the internet to like create this trend that made people go out in real life, sit down and watch a movie was, I thought that was pretty incredible. So next question for the team. What is a niche meme or joke you wish more people saw? And let's start with Rachel. Oh, niche meme. I don't know if this is niche because mm-hmm. I kind of feel like it's for everyone. But I also don't know if this was just a, a product of my internet because I'm surrounded by writers. But during the WGA strike this summer, all these actors kept showing up, cosplaying, working class heroes. I'm sure some of them grew up working class, whatever. We're not here to talk about class bona fides. What we're here to talk about is Colin Farrell on the picket line. <gasps> I knew you were going to say this. Thank God. Okay, yes. Wearing a tank top and a little headband, little black headband, Uh pushing his hair back. And you know what? The thing is, what's beautiful about this moment for me personally is it was actually a journey. Because when I first (laughs) saw the headband, I was like, Colin, what's going on here? What are you doing? Why do you look like a yoga mom? Why are you wearing this headband? And then the weeks kept going on and he kept showing up. And he kept wearing that little headband. And I was like, actually, you know what? I fuck mm-hmm. heavy with that headband now. Mm-hmm. I want to be that headband. I wish to be Colin Farrell's black headband on the WGA picket line. There you go. <sighs> I, and it was just beautiful. It was just gorgeous. I love him so much. My Irish king. Yeah. All right, Daisy? It's a very like niche, very specific thing within a larger trend that we all saw. So we all saw how many videos there were of the Renaissance World Tour. Mm-hmm. There was a lot about it that I loved in terms of like the clips that were coming out and stuff. But like some of my favorite was just when people would, you know, make little short videos of like specific things that Beyonce had said during the show that were very yes. clearly like not just a regular part of the show. Mm-hmm. And as you know, if you don't realize what's up, but like. And on Renaissance, there is a song called Alien Superstar. Uh And so there was like, as the tour was wrapping up, there was like a night where like Beyonce was like thanking different people. And there was just like this little clip of her being like, I just really want to thank the alien. Because there was a fan (laughs) that would come dressed as an alien, like to multiple shows. I just want to acknowledge the alien. You've been to a lot of shows and you are you killing it, Superstar. Whoever put the clip together that I saw, like, it just, it's just a person in a rubber alien mask. Oh, my God. <laughs> and they've gone to a lot of shows, but just, like, the the specific way that those two things came together to me, like, just makes me laugh every time. Ronald? My favorite niche moment, um, and I don't know how niche this is, is Nationwide. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> it's on it's on your side. Yes, I, yes. If you don't, if you don't know about that, there's a, a, a young lady, a little girl, who's uh, singing the nationwide uh, jingle, but she's singing it. And I've been in church my entire life. She's singing it with the bravado of a church <laughs> middle-aged alto, singing the solo of the morning. Just you gave her the mic and just went off, and you could feel the spirit. I was just enjoying people, uh, all people, like the different versions of it. It came out with choirs were doing it and all that. And I think it got it got big enough, but it still felt very like not that big. It felt like yeah. it felt like yeah. in terms of like black Twitter, which is what I call mm-hmm. any black social media. Uh, but yep, I feel like right. <laughs> black Twitter knew about it. But everybody else, it didn't quite cross over the way it did, which I actually felt good about. But every time I would belt it out, people would still laugh, even if they knew where it came from <laughs> or not, which tells you the power of like yes. how funny it was. And I hope that little girl got paid because I know <laughs> I Nationwide really saw did. a spike from that. <laughs> oh, yeah. So true. <laughs> yeah. That was great. My niche meme is, okay, so you know It the Clown? I don't know if that's the clown's name, but you know the The clown's name is Pennywise, but yes. Oh, there you go. go. Okay, so Mm -hmm. 
It, the franchise, announced they were doing a prequel called Welcome to Dairy. Mm. And that's D-E-R-R-Y, not milk. And so (laughs) this year is also the year that Dairy Girls, which is the show that's like on Mm -hmm. Netflix, ended. And I love that show so much. It's about Rachel's favorite thing, The Troubles. And so when people saw that it was doing a prequel called Welcome to Dairy, a lot of people jumped in the quote tweets to basically write dialogue as if the Dairy Girls characters <gasps> had a clown terrorizing their village. Oh my God, and that's hilarious. The thing is, my favorite side character from Dairy Girls is Uncle Colum. I just think mm-hmm. he's weird. And I would just say he's like, turtle but human and so like one of the greatest tweets that I read through and by the way if you're like bored or you're like at work but like don't want to do work just like go through the quote tweets on this it was something (laughs) like him saying so I says to myself says I call him it is no good day to be going down the drains and I know you're wondering (laughs) yeah I could have done that in a like Irish accent but I'm not going to I really do need to see these like dairy girls slash it dairy quote tweets like i need to look at this like this sounds they're really good and they're all so amazing delightful that show is so warmth. funny so yeah. good oh beautiful this sounds wow. like yeah just a perfect crossover of two things i would absolutely enjoy exactly and now we're gonna ruin their their days because mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm gonna ask my favorite question of this episode that we do every year which is what's the horniest thing you've seen online this year that's not supposed to be horny <laughs> Oh, man. Oof. Unfortunately, we did already say Lauren Boebert getting a handjob, giving a handjob in Beetlejuice. Oh, no. She gave and got. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) I love reciprocity. At least it wasn't a egalitarian outing. Well, I have a very specific... Uh, Instagram post that I thought of immediately as soon as I knew that this was one of the questions. Um, I mean, I think it is meant to be sexual, but it is one of those things where the person posting it is definitely trying to act like it's not supposed to be. So I think that qualifies. On June 19th of this Uh. year, Ronan Farrow posted (laughs) a shirtless picture (laughs) of him holding a video game controller. And the caption says, what are you doing? And is it really more urgent than playing Diablo 4 with me? Oh, my God. So it's like, again, you know, it's is very horny, but he's trying to act like it's not horny, but it's very horny. And that was also how a lot of people realized that his engagement had broken up. Right, 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 right. He used to date John Lovett, who was uh-huh. host of Posse of America. People love it or together. leave it. This is how a lot of people found out that, no, Ronan was on the market. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he saw Love It or Leave It and thought, leave it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Every single time I think of that, there's trap. It just, oh my God. I, obviously, I shriek. <laughs> because <laughs> it's like, here's the man who, like, dude, like, no, it, it's not really too much to say that he helped bring down Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. And, and yeah. sparked, like, so the helped. Me Too movement. Yes. yes. Um, and then has done so much more like important work, you know, and then, (laughs) and then he's just like, here's this wireless controller, which apparently could have been, you know, operating the ocean gate submarine. And he's just like, why are you you doing anything except for playing Diablo four with me? And it's just too much. (laughs) It's just when someone posts a thirst trap, but like, doesn't want to commit to posting a thirst trap. So they're just like, Oh, um, or like they hold an I voted sticker and they're they're shirtless and it's like, did you go burp with your shirt off? Like yeah. what's going on? That's what this is giving. And it it makes it's really just so funny. I love it. Thank you for yes. bringing that back to my the front of the front of my brain. It makes yeah. my queer heart very happy as well. So my pleasure. Yeah. I love Ronald. I love. Do you have one? Okay, I do. Um, it took me like I, I had to go through my save post on Instagram, but I, I realized this is and I realize now it's a twofold horny. Um, and you'll Great. see in a second. Why. So Alabama State University has a dance team for their uh, for their uh, marching band called the Sensational Stingettes. And they have a uh, they have a, a an Instagram page and they post their dances on there. And one of the, the videos that came across my purview was the band playing snooze by SZA and oh. the Stingates dancing to it and uh-huh. 
my lord, it is a <laughs> it is a very like you watch it, you're just like I'm enjoying this song, but something is happening on the inside of me that I, <laughs> right. I like I just need to discuss uh, for a moment. But I remember watching it and one being making me love the song in a different way, so it was horny in a different way, but also horny because of you know the way that Rachel intended, which was that it's like people dancing to a very very uh, good song by SZA. So that's uh, the sensational so thing at. Dancing to Snooze by SZA as played by the ASU marching band. I need to watch that video. That's chef's kiss. I also do love the fact that, you know, it's horny and it's also horny because trumpets. I love that's really true. That's beautiful. You get it. Yes. Oh I do. Thank you. That's Not just trumpets, point. every brass instrument you could think that's, of. You're like, so right. You're so right. <laughs> like, I can't leave out the trombones. You're so right. The brass section is out for yeah. blood right now. They're coming to get me. I'm about to get hit over the head with a yeah. tuba. You're so correct. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Mine is one that I've complained about on this show before. And it was started by one. Jackman Thomas Harlow who oh mm-hmm. the bane of my existence he put out this song called Love It On Me that has a very good sample at the beginning I'm not gonna lie first 30 seconds a bop but there's this part where he says like I'm vanilla baby like I'll choke you but I won't kill you baby I'm vanilla baby I'll choke you but I ain't no killer baby she 28 telling me I'm still a baby I get love in Detroit like skiller baby and every single white man on TikTok no. thought, now is my time. Now, <laughs> now it's time for white boy winter. And I'm not even joking. They're calling it white boy winter. It's true. And I think the worst part of these videos, the bare fact of recording a thirst trap gives me the ick because you're in right. your room by yourself performing to a camera. I've talked about this before. Yeah. But I think the thing that annoys me the most is how horny everyone is in the comments for what is aggressively a mid-looking white man who is once again performing alone to a camera in his bedroom. <laughs> No. Have some self-respect. <laughs> what's, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Just come to Brooklyn. You'll see this man walking around in Bushwick. He's not special. <laughs> I saw a video of a girl dancing on a luggage carousel in an airport to that song. I like that. That makes me was happy. Was it moving? It was moving. It was mostly a video <laughs> taken from the point of view of like, look at this woman dancing on this. I was gonna say, she can't Luggage do that. You're not supposed not really to be on there when it's moving. It. No, you're it's not. <laughs> but I've always wanted to, and I think that's why I like that so much. Yeah. I'm like, she's living my dream. Mm-hmm. Okay, Candace. Candace, are you ready to mentally scar us? Am I ready to be mentally scarred? I'm scared. Yeah. I'm and I really do mean this. Powers above me, feel free to cut if we do not think this is fit for our news organization. Okay. <laughs> All right, here we go. So do you guys remember when Senator Mitch McConnell, kind of it. in the summer, had uh-huh. some like yes. on-camera difficulties, let's say, where he'd be giving like a press yes. conference and then he'd kind of glitch. And then one of his team members would be like, uh, McConnell is done. No comment. No comment. Whisk him away. Yeah. So this happens and comedian Jabuki Young White, oh. who I love. <laughs> oh, oh no. You just say I'm scared. Start laughing. Yeah. I'm scared. Was a correspondent on The Daily Show. Wonderful. He jumps in and quote tweets these videos. I'm going to read one of them and just like, I'm going to kind of thirst aid kit it a little bit. I'm going to okay. read the parts I don't think are appropriate for some audiences. Okay, here we oh, go. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> it begins. What if we get caught? We won't, Mitch said, with a cavalier look in his eyes. He was ready to give it all up for me. My mission was complete. But I hadn't anticipated a double agent. That's right. Love. What? Teary-eyed. I blinked the congressional member. When the question came, we both did. End scene. And that was stuck in my brain for so long. And guess what, guys? There's more. But I will let you guys search that on your own internet. Yes. That is bananas. And as you were saying it, now I'm like, oh, my God, I remember mm-hmm. seeing Jabuki's tweets. Because also, I'd always feel like a phoenix has risen from the ashes. Like, mm-hmm. Jabuki has tweeted again and given us something totally bizarre to grab onto. But yeah, the first time I remember Jabuki tweeting about that, it was like, it was like Jabuki basically saying like from their point of view, like I was inside that podium and that's yeah. why he glitched. And you're like, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah, I don't like it. And I, <laughs> when I agreed to come on this show, 
this is a Christian podcast. Yeah. <laughs> As Ron has told us, he spent his whole life in church. Yeah. Did not I not think this is where we were going. Oh, my God. I am hob verklempt. Right? I know. No, I don't think no. verklempt is the word. I'm just clutching my whole shirt, not even the pearls. I'm just clutching. <laughs> um, I appreciate you introducing a new political horny tweet into my mind because it helps me erase the Beto sex tweet, which is one that oh I think about at least once every six God. months that I will not be reading on air because I've done it a lot. And I feel bad for all of you for having heard that before. But now that we've gotten the horny out the way, yeah, <laughs> it's time for us to make room for Thanksgiving dinner. Mm-hmm. It's time to leave our listeners thinking about Mitch McConnell. <laughs> but before we do that, <laughs> where can our listeners find y'all on the internet? <laughs> so I am still on X, aka Twitter. Um, I am still on there. I don't tweet a lot. I never tweeted a lot. It was I was always more of like a uh, a curator, if you will. I always mm-hmm. tried to more like share things that I thought were really fun. It has become more miserable there, but I am still on there. So you can hit me up there. I'm also lurking on Reddit and I will never tell you what that name is because then Mm. I would not be lurking anymore. And it's, I got to keep my secret joy. Yeah. Real. I know your Reddit name. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I don't, I don't, I don't know it. I don't know. You don't have to change it. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, You could find me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and threads. I'm never going to call Twitter X. I'm just not. I'm not a reporter, so I don't have to do that. The news organizations <laughs> have to do that, and they will probably add a disclaimer to this episode, but uh, I will always call it Twitter. But you can find me on all of those places at Oh, It's Big Ron. That's at O-H-I-T-S-B-I-G-R-O-N. And listen to Wait For It if y'all get a chance. That's spelled W-E-I-G-H-T. Okay, that's the show. We'll be back in your feed on Saturday, so definitely subscribe. That way, you never miss an episode. Leave us a rating and a review in Apple or Spotify, and tell your friends about us. You can follow us on Twitter at ICYMI underscore pod, and you can always drop us a note at ICYMI at slate.com. ICYMI is produced by Sierra Spragley-Ricks, Candice Slim, and me, Rachel Hampton. Daisy Rosario is our senior supervising producer. And Alicia Montgomery is Slate's vice president of audio. See you online. Or at Magic Mike Live. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.